Father, we thank you that as we come together today, we're able to hear your word, that it be a blessing to our lives, it'll be able to change us and have us grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I thank you that, Lord, my words will, will speak life to these people, and that they'll receive it and be able to do, do those things that you've called them to do. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk about, again, the second week in a series called Seed, Time, and Harvest. And this is a very important principle and message for you to know in your walk with God. Because if you, the, Jesus said, if you don't know this parable, how are you going to know of all the other parables? Pretty, pretty powerful it is, isn't it? That he says, you know, you've got to know this one. This is how the, the kingdom of God operates. And you want to know how the kingdom of God operates, because if you don't know and you believe for things, then they don't come to pass, you're going to be, what, frustrated. You ever been frustrated believing God, saying, God, why isn't this coming to pass? Why isn't things working in my life? Well, we're going to find out how we can position ourselves and open our hearts up to receive what God has promised for us. Praise the Lord. See, because a lot of times we think things should just be instantaneous. Microwave, on the spot, split second, let's have it now. Lord, I prayed, where is it? God, where are you on your job? What you doing? You ever feel that way? I know, uh, do you remember when they had that bank offer that if you were stood in line for five minutes or longer, they would give you $5? How many of you remember that? You remember that? You don't remember that? Oh, yeah, they had that. You remember that, right? So, so yeah, this was this. So I heard that and I said, oh man, I'm going to make a bundle on this. <laughs> so I'd be online and waiting and I would clock it, you know, okay. And it, there was a, you know, kind of a big line and I thought, oh man, I'm waiting for forever. But it was only like three minutes, four minutes. And then I was there and I go, oh man, I lost my, and I'm waiting. I'm wondering, am I that impatient that I can't wait three or four minutes to get up to the teller? I know none of you are like that. You know, you are very patient and kind and, you know. But now that I'm retired, I have a little more patience and I even let people go ahead of me. You know, go ahead, go ahead, it's fine. So, but we're talking about seed time and harvest because, see, you plant in one season, you don't reap in that season, it has to grow and nurture and then you reap in another season. And we're so impatient, we want to plant in one day and then the next day receive the promise. It doesn't work that way. God said, even in Genesis, the beginning, he said, there will always be seed time and harvest as long as the earth remains. So we got to get used to it. God's not on a clock. He's not saying, oh, okay, well, you know, they made a prayer. We got to get to them right now. Come on, angels, Michael, let's get busy. No, no. He's saying you need to have a little patience and do seed time and harvest. So Jesus, when he was preaching on this earth, he gathered some people around him. They came to hear him speak, and he talked on this message, seed time and harvest. So imagine yourselves, let's go back 2,000 years, and you're there in Galilee, and your buddy comes up to you and says, hey, let's, uh, let's go and, and hear uh, this preacher, Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, I hear he's pretty good, he does miracles, you know, he claims he has the power of God, we're going to go and visit him and hear his sermon, right? So they get there, and Jesus announces the message. The message today is going to be, the sower sows the word. And you look at your buddy, and you go like, man, I think we heard this one already, didn't we? We do this every day, the sower sows the word. So Jesus gets up there, and he says, 
The kingdom of God is like a man who scattered seed on the ground. Some fell by the wayside, some fell on stony ground, some fell on, uh, uh, fell on thorny ground, some fell on good ground. So the guy looks at him and says, we came all this way for this? We know this already. We're farmers. We know, okay, what, so what, what else is it? So here's a picture. Here's a guy, when they, when they throw seed, they just throw it out and let it land where it may. Some's on good ground, some's on the wayside. They can't, they, they can't just direct it as best they can. Sometimes it's on uh, uh, stony ground. Sometimes it's on thorny ground. And they just throw it. So, but then Jesus explains it to them. He says, some fell by the wayside. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on stony ground. They had no root in themselves, and it grew up for a little bit, and then the sun scorched it. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked the word. And some fell on good ground and yielded 30, 60, and 100-fold. Then he had this little diagram for them so that they could remember. He said, here's the birds. They eat up the seed. Then there's the sun that scorches it. And then there's the, uh, the uh, thorns that choke it out. And then there's the good field. And they go, okay. And so Peter gets on the mic and he goes, okay, well, thank you all for coming. We appreciate you. Thanks. We had a beautiful service. If you want the tapes, you can get them in the back. And uh, we'll see you next service. And the brother looks at his friend and says, well, what was that? He's supposed to be like what? A preacher? A minister? The son of God? And this is the message that we get? And so they left. Most people left. Some people said, I like the way he talked, though. Wasn't it nice the way he, he ministered? He had such grace and marvelous words proceeded out of his mouth. That's the way we're supposed to be. People are supposed to say, there's something different about you. I like, there's something that is inside of you that's coming out that I like. Did you know that? So and then some people said, I think there's more to it than just that parable. The sower, the sower sows the seed. So some people stood back and wanted to listen. Say, Jesus, what does that parable mean? A lot of people come to me sometimes and they said, Pastor Chuck, I want you explain to me what you were talking about on Sunday. I, I hear what you were saying, but I want to get a little more in-depth to what you're saying. And I reveal to them things that they didn't know from my vast experience of being in the Word of God and hearing, you know, how the kingdom of God works. Because they were drawing, they wanted to hear more. They drew on me. And these guys wanted to draw on Jesus and say, Jesus, I know this is not just a parable about the sower sows the seed. What, is, what were you talking about? Amen? So he says this. He says, you, you should know this parable. He says, Satan, some, the ones that fall, fall by the wayside, Satan comes and takes it away. And what he was trying to tell him is, the sower is him and you that sow the seed. The seed is the word of God. And the soil is your heart. This is how the kingdom of God works. The sower sows the word. Praise God. Have you ever sown the word with somebody? You tell them about Jesus, how much he, he loves you, how much he cares for you, and they go, yeah, 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 I, I, don't, I don't need salvation. I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll worry about it when I get to heaven. You ever had anybody say that? They think they can make excuses to the Lord when they get to heaven. They think they can say, you know, talk them away, their way out of it. You can't talk your way out of it in the Lord. Either you accepted him or you haven't. And so Satan comes immediately and takes away 
the seed that was sown. Then stony ground is people receive it with gladness, but then persecution and affliction comes. Your family says, what are you believing that for? That, that's just a bunch of baloney. You can relate to that, right? So you're just, you're just being brainwashed. You don't need that kind of stuff, right? So they, the, 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 they don't have root in themselves. They don't believe God and all the, the truths that he has. And so uh, it just falls by the wayside. Then there's the thorny ground. And that's people that love the word of God, but the thorns, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things come and choke it. And that's where most of us are. We're on thorny ground. You say, oh, Pastor Chuck, come on. I'm not on thorny ground. I love the Lord. But let me ask you this question. How much time do you spend in the Word of God during the, during the week? How much time do you spend meditating on His promises? How much time do you spend worshiping Him during the week? Well, Pastor, I'm kind of busy. You know, I got a 9-to-5 job, and I got my kids, and I got things I have to do. And, and of course, you know, there's a baseball game on, and, uh, uh, you know, I got to take my kids to practice. And I, all these things that crowd out the, th- you know, that are thorns that crowd out the Word of God. And we wonder why isn't it producing? Because you have so many other things that are affecting your life. Come on, talk to me. Because if you're serious and you're really desperate, you cut out all those things. No, no baseball, no shopping, no nothing. Just, I need to get the Word of God in my heart. I need it to grow. I need to plant some seed and see some results in my life. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that's where we're all, that's where we are. A lot of us don't do the things that we need to do to bring in the scriptures and the promises in our heart. Now, so the only difference in those four scenarios of the parable, what's the only constant in there? What's the thing that is steady through all of those? Or what is the, the thing that is... Uh, evident in all four of these situations. Or what is he talking about? It's the heart, your heart, the soil. The soil is the only thing that is different. The seed is the same in each situation, right? You, you hear people say, I tried, you know, uh, quoting scriptures. I tried doing the word of God. It just doesn't work. You, you ever hear people say that? All the time, right? I prayed, nothing happened, you know. What's the use? I gave up. But you have to uh, uh, allow your heart to be open to receive it. Let me see this, this next scripture, if this is it. Yes. In Hosea 10, 12, it says, Sow for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy. Here we go, another farming story. Sow for yourselves righteousness and reap in mercy. Here's it. Break up your fallow ground. Come on, talk to me. Break up that hard heart of yours, that distracted heart of yours, that is not receiving the things of God. And for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Have you ever read the word of God and it hits you right in your heart and it falls to the ground? And you go like it didn't penetrate, it didn't work, it didn't accomplish what it was supposed to do. 
because your heart gets hard. And I've been there before. I read the Bible and I go, okay, that's nice. It just seems like words. But the Bible says his words are spirit and life. That spirit and that life has to get on the inside of you and penetrate and move yourself into a different direction. Can I get an amen? So when I read the Bible and it's not working, I said, okay, wait, time out. Wait a minute. I got to open up my heart. The Bible says, prepare your hearts to seek the Lord. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to let this word get into me. I'm going to take it as coming from you. And if I don't get it the first time, I keep reading it over and over and over. I break up, break up that fallow ground. The only thing that can break it up is the word of God. So you keep reading it and reading it till finally your heart opens up and you go, okay, thank you, Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit moves according to the Word of God. If you put the Word in you on a certain situation or subject, then that's when uh, the Holy Spirit will move. He follows the Word. He watches over His Word to perform it in your life. If you need love, if you need happiness, if you need prosperity or healing, whatever you need, get that Word in you and then let it produce seed time and harvest. It's too easy. Amen? But what's the problem? The problem is we're all kind of broken. Did you know that? I don't know if you knew that. We, we're not, we, we don't have a perfect heart. We're not able to receive just so wonderfully and receptively. We, we have hurts and we have pains. We have disappointments that, are, that affect our ability to receive. For instance, we were rejected when we were young. And so we grow up hurt and not able to accept the love of God that is so un conditional. Isn't that amazing that God loves us so much? Are we that worthy that we, need, that, we could, that we can be loved? No, but the blood of Jesus has made us uh, acceptable in his sight. We might be depressed about our lives. We can't get positive that something good is going to happen in our lives. You may not be happy about your intellect or your looks or your financial standing. And so we're walking around struggling, limping with heartaches and headaches, and we're trying to pretend that we're okay and that we can receive all that God has for us. But our heart has to be peppered, you know. Uh, what, what, what's the cooking term? Uh, marinated and, you know. Tenderized. tenderized, yes. So that we can receive. Because I can remember when we were young with my sister, and we couldn't go outside and play because my mom was afraid that we were going to get hurt, so we played in the house. And we played rough house, you know, like running around and jumping on each other and throwing things and wrestling. And one time I knocked over a lamp, one of their good lamps. You know that's trouble. That is trouble, right? And so I said, oh man, we got to piece this thing together so they won't know. So we pieced it together the best we could, turned the backside of it so that you know, she couldn't see that it was kind of, you know, not, it was disfigured. And so it, everything went good for a while. And all of a sudden, my mom was cleaning. She goes, that, that lamp looks a little lopsided. <laughs> then she looked a little closer. She said, did, did one of you break this lamp? And there's only two of us, me and my sister. <laughs> we both did the, you know, <laughs> and it, it didn't work. She said, who broke the lamp? It's not operating the way it should. And we go on that way, right? We go on for a while, 
And we think that we're okay because we've been walking lopsided all of our lives. You know, God's trying to get us up straight, but things happen and you get exposed by the way you talk or the way you act. And they say, hmm, did somebody break you? <laughs> did, did, did something happen in your past that makes you act the way that you do? Yeah, I was rejected. I was hurt. I was disappointed. I'm not happy. I'm distressed. I'm depressed. And then you're trying to operate like a good Christian, and you can't because you can't let the, the, the pure love of God flow through you. Amen? It's kind of like, I'm going to date myself, but how many of you remember record players and records? Yes, yeah. And you get them babies, you know, them big ones. And, and, and you have to be careful that you don't scratch it, because what happens if it scratches? It'll skip. And I had a lot of skipped records. But I didn't want to buy any, any new records because I didn't have the money. So I could almost memorize where the skip would be. So you'd be waiting, you know, to get to that point. Then you'd have to put, what, your finger on there to get to the next place. Right? So you got the song, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, she loves you, she loves you, she loves you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some of us are stuck in a certain place and you can't get over it you got three marriages you keep the same thing keeps happening in each marriage you don't want to change you got to have something go uh, get get past that get past i know my wife when we were first married she, there's something she didn't like. She said, well, maybe you'll be better with your next wife. I go, you are my next wife. What are you talking about? This was supposed to be it right here. So praise God, I got things straightened out. We've been married 35 years and no, no next wife. Praise God. <laughs> so... You keep changing jobs because you don't like your boss, you don't like your coworkers, you don't like the policies or whatever. So in, instead of you changing to adjust to get out of the stick, you keep moving around. You got a job every six months, every year, every two years. What's going on? Amen? Or you keep changing churches. Someone offended you. No one appreciates you. You find all kinds of things that are wrong that bother you. Someone bugs you at church. And I used to say this a lot. If something is bugging you, there is some bugs in you. <laughs> right? Things are bothered. That person just bothers me. Well, what's your problem? You know, they got problems, you got problems. Why is that problem bugging you? Well, there's something inside of you that matches what they are going through, and it just rubs you the wrong way. Well, you've got to have some Holy Ghost in you. You've got to have some Word in you to overcome those situations. Praise the Lord. So we have to let the word of God work in our lives. It, the, the seed of the word has to be planted in our hearts so that we can change. Now, now let me tell you something. Well, well let me say this. It, it has to work in your problems, in your situations, in your challenges, in your struggles, everything that you're going through. Say, Lord, what do you say about this? Lord, how can I overcome this? Because we have more conveniences than any other generation in history. Did you know that? We have more money, 
We have more leisure time. We have more gadgets. We have more information. We have more luxury, more knowledge, more resources, more technology than any other generation ever. We, got, we should be on easy street, right? But what's the problem? We are the most frail, fragmented, fragile, and failing in life bunch of people that ever have walked the face of this earth. We lack emotional stability. Our marital health is going down the, the drain. We, can't, we don't know how to raise our kids. We don't know how to resist temptation. We get angry, we get offended, and we get discouraged so easily. What's, what's wrong with us? <laughs> we lack our, uh, an ability to handle rejection, challenges. We don't know how to react when opposition comes. We have obstacles and difficulties, just plain storms in our lives that bother us, and we can't function. Yet we have all these things with us. And guess what's happening? Suicide rate is going up. It's gone up 30% since 1999. That's amazing, isn't it? Disorders and addictions are on the increase. Alcohol usage, drugs, eating disorders, debt. Do we have it any harder than our grandparents? Didn't they have problems as well? Didn't they have discouragements? Didn't they have pain and discomfort? Didn't they have depression and world wars that were going on? Didn't they have families and bills that they had to, 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 to overcome? But we have to have our life built on a sure foundation. Amen? It can't be based on technology or knowledge or Facebook, how many people like us, how many, how many likes do we have, how many uh, uh, followers do we have. I mean, we can't even get off uh, the Internet or the Facebook for 15 minutes, right? We get to a stoplight. Let's see what's happening here. Oh, yeah, so-and-so liked what I was doing. Praise God. <laughs> we, we can't rely on what people say about us. We have to rely on what God says about us. So they, you might say, oh, well, they don't like me anymore. Uh, they don't want to be my friend anymore. Who cares? God has a plan for your life, and nobody can take that away from you. People can speak bad about you. People can try to stop you, but they can't stop what God has ordained. Amen? So if God has called you to certain things, you don't have to worry. You don't have to try to get in line. You don't have to step up and try to be something that you're not. God says, I have called you, and I will uh, order your steps. Praise the Lord. So let's look at this seed time and harvest for a little bit here. Next slide. So you have to have what? Good ground. Good ground to plant your seed. Is that right? Are you good ground? Can God come and talk to you and, and be the difference in your life? Yes. Amen. Uh, so let's look at the scripture here. This is how this thing works. Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground, who should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. But the earth bringeth, the earth yields crops by itself. Who yields the crops? The earth. What is the earth? Your heart. Your heart will produce the crops and the the seed that was sown, the word of God that was sown in your heart. 
Isn't that easy? So where's the problem? Is it God the problem? Is the situation the problem? Is people the problem? Is it your wife that's the problem? Your boss that's the problem? No. I know when I, I, when I first had a desire to be a pastor, the pastor that was over the church said, oh, you'll never be a pastor. That's what he said to me. Marianne remembers, right? Because we were at a meeting and she was on staff and I was there uh, as her husband. How sweet that is, huh? And, <laughs> and he said that to me and I just didn't even, it just bounced right off of me because I knew what God had called me to be. So about two years later, he sees me and he goes, the Lord just kind of told me that you're supposed to be a pastor. I go, I know. So he ordained me. I didn't worry about what he said. I don't worry about what other people say about me. In fact, when, I was, uh, when we were at the church and a new pastor took over, he was deciding who was going to be the assistant pastor, and they put somebody else up there in, ahead of me. <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs> and he got up there, he started preaching, and I don't know, he messed up somehow. I guess he was preaching and they didn't, they weren't, he, they were trying to tell him, that's enough. And he didn't even, he was just preaching a little round. And so the pastors and the, the people that he was in contact with said, what are we going to do with this guy? He doesn't seem to be observant of things. And so they said, I think we should go with Pastor Chuck as the assistant pastor. He's got the anointing. He's got the power. He's got the, you know, the, the unction of the Lord. And so the next week they said, okay, well, we're going to take him out. We're putting you in. And I was there for 18 years. I, I didn't have to worry. I wasn't fretting. I wouldn't say, you know, like, that's my spot. I didn't worry about that. So I was over the finances, and this is an amazing story. They, made me, they put me over the finances. I was doing children's church. And I was collecting the money, and the Lord spoke to me and said, if you're faithful in taking care of the children's money, I'll put you in charge of the big church's money. That's the way you said it to me. I said, okay. So they called me up, and they said, Pastor Chuck, we, we want you to take over the finances, the administration uh, of the church. And I said, okay, sounds good. So when I went up there, all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. I started taking the offering, never had done it before. Felt good. I felt like I was at home. And I did it for 18 years. Every time we had service, every time we had men's gathering, every time we had women's gathering, night, day, any time. And people tried to do it, and they couldn't do it. They go, that's the Pastor Chuck's supposed to. Even the senior pastor tried to do it one time, and the people are going like, no, this is not right. This is, pastor Chuck's supposed to be doing this. So whatever God has called you to do, don't have to worry about it. He'll put you in the place that you're supposed to be. Amen? Amen. Hopefully that's, that's getting through. But see, what happens is, let's look at the next slide. Uh, we, it says the seed grows up a little bit, Right? Just a little, and you go like, well, I don't know if it's working. You know, don't you make confessions over things? You want to have love in your heart. You want to have joy. You want to have peace. And it doesn't seem like you're having it. You're studying the love scripture, and sometimes you do good. Sometimes you do bad. You got angry one day. What happened? I don't know. It's not working. It's just so little. But the Bible says what? Don't despise small beginnings. Know that it's going to grow up. And what we used to do, and I used to do, maybe you did, is, next slide, we, we dig up our seed. Uh, let's see, is it working? Oh, no, it's not working. And we give up. 
The things that we've been believing God for, we give up, but we have to keep going. Next slide. It's going to grow. The sea, the earth produces crops of its own kind. And we have to know that we're going to see, the next slide, the full corn. It happened. Sometimes it'll take a couple months. Sometimes it'll take a half a year. Sometimes it'll take a year. We've been believing for this church, for, for a church, for 12 years. When did you give up, Pastor? Never. When did it look like you were going to get it? Never. <laughs> then all of a sudden, we see a little, let's go back to the first one, stock, no, no, I'm sorry, one bef- two more, one more, the stock, and we were able to lease the place or, uh, you know, cohabitate it. Then all of a sudden, the pastor says, you know what? We're going to give it over to you. Here's the keys. See you later. What happened? The corn came. <laughs> the full, or, full ear of the corn. So here we are. Praise the Lord. But if I would have given up, if I would have dug up my seat and said, okay, Lord, I guess I'm not supposed to pastor. I guess I'm not supposed to have a church. I guess I'm not supposed to believe you for anything. I, I would have given up. We're believing for the place to be full. It's not there yet, but we keep believing and saying and speaking and confessing that it is. Amen. Amen? When we were here before, we had one person doing praise and worship. Now we have a band. We believe. We said it's going to happen, right? And it's happening. Glory to God. So you can't give up on your dreams. You can't give up on what God has called you to do. Open up your heart. Make sure your heart is open and pure and clean before him and let that seed sown in you you know, produce, and you speak it out of your mouth. Praise the Lord. Now, here's, here's another problem that we have. Well, let's look at this scripture in Proverbs 4.20. It says, my son, attend to my words. What does attend to my words mean? It means pay attention to them. Isn't that right? Pay attention. You, you say, well, brother, can you go with me today? No, I got to attend to some things. I have to not do those things. I have to attend to the word of God. Incline thine ear to their sayings. Listen to what God is speaking to you. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those, to those that find them and health to all their flesh. How many of you need your flesh to be healed? Amen. It says put the word of God on the inside of you. Now here's the problem. Next scripture says, guard your heart. With all diligence, for out of it flow the issues, issues of life. We have to guard ourselves from things coming in and infiltrating and making a difference in our lives. You know, some TV shows that we watch, they have all these med- medical uh, commercials or health commercials. You know, if you have this problem, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you take this medicine and you might get diabetes or you might, <laughs> you know, your arm might fall off or something. <laughs> And we have to keep turning those things off because you don't want that to keep getting in your head. You know, all these medical issues that can, get it, can, can affect you. So you have to guard your heart with all diligence. How many of you walk into a, a, a grocery store and you hear the music playing and it gets into your spirit and then a couple days later you're singing that song. Go, How did that get in there? You have to guard your heart. You can't watch stuff on the internet. You can't watch stuff on TV that's going to influence you or, or, or thwart or... Uh, Choke out the word that's in you. So you need to guard it. Let me see a picture of how you guard it. You need to be at attention, looking and watching and making sure that there's nothing that's coming in. Praise the Lord. You ever get on the internet and you look at something and you go, oh, no, I can't look at that. Because that leads to something else that leads to something else. And before you know it, you're, you're crazed. 
Guard your heart. All right, so a thought tries to come in, and you got this guy, and says, okay, let me see your papers. You know, let me see your security. Are you supposed to be here? No. Well, you got these guys here behind me saying that you can't be here, so get out of here. You know, sometimes thoughts come your way. Thought came my way the other day, and I had to tell the devil, no, I, get out of here. I'm not thinking that. I'm not going that way. I'm not going to think that way. You have to guard your heart. Guard your mind, right? But, you know, some people are like this guy right here. Let's look at this guy, this, these guys here. Now, these guys are sleeping, not paying attention. That's the way we are sometimes. We're just like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll just leave the TV on. Before you know it, you got an R-rated movie on there. How did that happen? I don't know. It gets in your spirit, and all of a sudden, you've got all these bad thoughts in your mind, in your heart, and you've got to wonder, Why? What, how did this happen? You let your guard down. I know when I was bleeding for, to get over my lymphoma cancer in my neck, uh, I went to, I was at a social gathering with a family, and the one lady says, oh, I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. I, I just feel so bad for you. You're such a young man, and you love the Lord. I'm just so, get out of here. <laughs> I don't want to I'm, I'm believing that I'm going to be healed. I'm not believing that it's, this is the end. I can't let that get on the inside of me. I got to guard my, I can't let these sleepy guys be in charge. Right? Let's see the other guys. These are the guys I want in charge. Hey, come on. We're not letting that in. Amen? You might get the thought, you know, maybe you married the wrong person. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, you know, you should have made a better choice. You got to get these guys in line. No, no, no. You need to change your heart. You need to change your mind. Get in line. Get your soul ready to receive. You know, I've had a couple of marriages that I performed, and one week later, they call me back and say, I need to get this annulled. Can we change? Can we reverse this thing here? I'm not happy with where I'm at. I go, Oh, no, baby. <laughs> You had all the six months to think about it and to talk about it, and you decided you wanted to do it, and I said, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. You need to get right and get it on, right? And, and, and so they have to adjust. Praise the Lord. Can't let thoughts get into your mind. These kids are never going to obey. These kids are never going to do right. You can't let that thought be in your mind. You have to confess and believe. God is working in their life. We have a, we have a, we know of someone that's been six years into drug uh, abuse. Six years. When, when, do you, when do you give up? When, when do you say, okay, well, I guess it's not going to happen? No, you keep believing, keep believing, keep believing that God is going to work in their lives. Amen? Praise the Lord. So let's look at this in um, James 1, 22. And we're getting, are you getting this? Are you, you you're getting the importance of putting the word in your heart? Because the Bible says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. You might say, oh, that's a great message, Pastor Chuck. I like that. Put the word in your heart and sow and you'll reap and it's great. I love it. And then you walk out and then you don't do anything. You hear good, but you don't do for anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. Right? 
I'm good. I'm good, Pastor. I'm, uh, I might have a little bit of imperfections. The Lord loves me just the way I am. Yes. Is that true? Yes. I got a no, I got a yes. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you as you are, but he doesn't want to leave you there. Otherwise, why even try? We need to be conformed into the image of Christ. So we look at our blemishes, we look at our problems. Oh, yeah, I got, mar- I got mad at that person in the grocery store, but ah, it was just a once in a while. Once, once, you know, happens once in a while. Then two weeks later, you get mad at somebody else. Ah, oh, you know, it's just, I don't know, that's just the way I am. But, you know, I'm okay. No, you got to look and say, wait a minute, something is not going right here. Okay, let's, now, now here's, I want to show you this, this scripture. In Ephesians 4.31, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Well, that's not me, Pastor Chuck. I know, I'm, I'm cool, right? But let's look at the definition here. Bitterness is the settled disposition of one who is resentful. Do you have any bitterness in you? I don't know why that person got promoted. I don't know why that person got blessed. I don't know why that person got a house. I don't... Bitter, bitter, bitter. Jealousy. Anger is a strong, sudden antagonism, explosive potential to, to cause murder. Anger. Wrath. It's like a roaring furnace, settled indignation. Clamor is yelling at others. Well, they deserved it. You know, they, they, they worked my last nerve, right? Railing is blasphemy in the Greek, meaning speaking against God or man. And finally, malice takes delight in inflicting hurt or injury on others. You ever been at a job where the person, you know, shoved aside your work to hold you up so that you weren't able to finish your work or delayed you or didn't talk to you and you're trying to make contact with them? That's malice. Praise the Lord. Now here, here's, but what are we supposed to be in Ephesians 4.32? Be kind to one another. Are you kind to one another? Tender-hearted, what's that mean? Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. What an assignment. What a seed that you can plant. Lord, I just thank you that I'm tender-hearted. Lord, I thank you that I am uh, kind to one another. If you're not kind, you're looking in the mirror and you go like, I don't see kind in there, <laughs> right? So how do, you, how do you change your life? How do you change your way? Just hope or pray or just ride it out to the end? No, let the Lord change you by his word sown in your heart to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. Have you been forgiven, but yet you don't forgive others? I'm free, I'm clear, I'm forgiven, but you? Now you need, you need work. But you have to have a God perspective on things so that we can allow God to work in our lives. Okay, here, last verse. This one, I, I, I never saw this before, but it's pretty amazing. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Be diligent in your study to present yourself approved unto God. Do you know that you're supposed to present yourself to God? Approved because you've studied his word, that you've adopted the, the, the thoughts and the plans that he has for you, the way he wants you to be. You have to say, Lord, here I am. I did, I, I, I did the best I could. I, I applied myself. 
I, I'm presenting myself to you of one that loves your word, that studies your word, that allows your word to grow in me. You present yourselves to God. Amen? A lot of us want to take other people and say, you know, the, this, this person here is not doing good, or, or that person, I, we're judging everybody. But God said, it's all on you. You present yourselves to me. You, you let me know how you're doing. I, I heard this one minister said, if no one else in the world love, you have to love. Right? If somebody wrongs you, I heard this story uh, uh, with David Jeremiah. He was on the radio and he was saying this story about how he, was, he had a radio station here in Southern California, and they cut him off. They cut him out. They said, well, we're changing ownerships, and the, the new ownership doesn't really like your style, doesn't fit in with the plan that we have, so this is your last month. And it was at the middle of the month, and they told him who was going to take his place, and he just like fumed in himself and said, like, man, that guy, how could, he put, how could you put that guy in there? And so... He, he, he thought about it for a couple of days, and he said, okay, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? I, I need to not, not hold on to this bitterness. So he said, okay. He wrote a check for the whole month and gave it to the station and said, let this be for the person that's coming on. The two weeks that I'm not there, he can use the money that I've paid. And he said he didn't want to do it, but he said he knew he had to, to keep his heart right to keep the love of God flowing in him. So he did it, and six months later, guess what? They called him and said, well, we got another spot for you. It's a better spot. You'll probably make more money, and he did. And so he overcame because he, did, he, he, he didn't judge the other person. He didn't judge the situation. He allowed the love of God to be forgiving, tenderhearted, and kind. Amen? So it says, be diligent in your study to present yourself approved unto God. So when you see something in the scriptures, you say, okay, Lord, I need that to be part of my life. I need that to be evident so people can even notice and see that I'm loving, I'm kind, I'm forgiving so that I can be approved unto you. A workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? And my last scripture, I said that was the last one, but let's do this last one, Psalms 112, 7 through 8. I, I so loved this scripture when I first saw it. I said, wow, I want that to be. He says, talking about a, um, a righteous man, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. So when evil tidings come, what are you supposed to do? Freak out? Ah! What are we going to do? <laughs> no, your heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. You're not afraid of evil tidings. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just thank you for the privilege and opportunity to speak your word, to encourage your people so that they can be fixed and know that you love them, that you care for them. We present ourselves unto you, a workman rightly dividing the word of truth so that we may have confidence in the day of your coming to say that we've done all that we can. We were not slack Concerning your promises, we're not lazy, but Lord, we're applying it into our lives so that the thorns and the, the cares of this world do not uh, uh, choke it out. But Lord, we're operating in your goodness and in your love, your peace and your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. If any of you just need prayer right now, just raise your hands. Let's see if, the, if you want to, like, say, rededicate yourself to the things of the Lord. Say, I'm not... 
I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, wa- I want to commit myself to the Lord and say, Lord, I-, I want to do, as Pastor Chuck said, to study that word, to-, to apply that word into my life, to make it real and to change the way I am. I don't want to be broken. I don't want to have a, a scratch on me where I just keep re- re- re-going over the same old thing over and over again. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Praise the Lord. I see those hands. Praise God. Amen. Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that those that are here, that as you have seen their hands raised, that they're ready and willing to allow you to come in and break up the fallow ground and make a a soil that the seed of God can come into and change their lives so that they can be all that you want them to be, conformed into your image, allowing you to uh, change them by your power and by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray and all agreed said... Amen.